Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. If you want and need more information, please see Tony and then in the week we will put in a flyer on the group so that everybody knows and be reminded that's going on. So I think our young people is gone already. Um, Our offering basket is here, so please help yourself uh, and uh, be a blessing to the church. So um, I thought um, I will speak about a subject that I never spoken before. So So, over 20 years of ministry, I've never, ever spoken about this subject, and this is the first day, the first morning, the first time I'm bringing this to a church or a gathering, and uh, because it's important, although I haven't felt the need uh, in the past number of years to do it. We're going to talk about giving um, this morning, and... um, particularly because if you've been a believer, I am very, very sure you've come also across all sorts of teachings about giving. And I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, you know, the pastor knows I'm not giving. That's why he's talking on giving. Uh, <laughs> um, and Carol, Carol is shaking her head there. I'd like to uh, and uh, very openly say that myself and Bev is not aware of anybody's giving in the church, and we've made that very clear since the day we came in. The only person that knows about the financials details are Tim within the church, who's our treasurer. Um, so we are not aware of, we, we get to summary, like with the trustees, and that's about it. So we don't have any information who gives and how much they give. However, I come across and being a Pentecostal surroundings and a different word of faith movement and over the last 20 odd years and I've heard um, giving mentioned and uh, I've heard sermons about giving, I've heard sermons within sermons about giving and, and teachings on giving and seminars on giving and whatsoever. Um, so I want to set the scene this morning by taking you to the book of Malachi, something that we are familiar with, and I'm sure that you've heard this mentioned, quoted before, but I want to start there to get some context into giving, okay, into giving. Um, And this is what it says in Malachi 3, 8 to 10. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say you have. How have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you 
and pour down to you a blessing until there's no more that you need. I don't know about you, but I've heard this mess, this particular scripture quoted many times when it comes to tithes and offering. And I want to say this morning that this particular scripture was meant for Levites. Okay? Levites. Anybody who knows who Levites are? Okay, if you want to know who Levites were, go in Numbers chapter 3 and you'll get a description of what Levites were meant for God and what God used them for. Levites took care of the temple, they took care of the sanctuary, they took care of the needs, and this is what it says here, it says, bring your contributions because the Levites needed to live, leading to function, their families needed to live. So, the word I want you to underline here is the word storehouse. And this is where it becomes a little bit muddly for people, a little bit tricky for people, because people associate storehouse with the church and says we have to pay our tithes or pay our giving into the storehouse. Well, I have a different thinking and thoughts about it being, being somebody who, um, who practically lived by faith for over 20 years in the UK. Okay, so my work and everything else is, I have to depend on God to, to wait on that. So I don't have a fixed salary, apart from what the church pays us. I don't know where my earnings is coming, and I've had to do that. Because God has told me to do that. So here's my thinking, and here is the way I want to pitch this this morning. Do I disagree with tithing? Not necessarily. Do I agree with 10%? Not necessarily, and not, nece- not unnecessarily. God may say to you to give 10%. He may say to you to give 20%. He may say to you to give 40% or 50%. If we go by the rule of tithing, in my mind and my thoughts, we are subject to a law of tithing. But how many knows that we are not subject to any law because... The law of anything has been what by Jesus? Has been set free. But there's a word that Jesus used. He has not come to... He has not come to change the law. He has come to what? Fulfill. And there's a word that says redeem the law. So the law in itself... If we take one law, that's why the Ten Commandments, for example, 
could not be fulfilled by people. Why? Because you will look after the first one, you, you'll be okay with the second one, you'll try really hard with the third one and the fourth one, and then when you fall on the ninth one, then you fall on all of them. And people could not sustain the law of Moses. They couldn't. It was so hard. This is what Jesus had to come, and this is Jesus what to die. So in my years of being a minister, I've heard people being bound by tithing and by giving. I've heard people say, I'm not able to give this month because my financial situation do not allow me to. Is God going to curse me? Because it says there, he's going to curse me. Is God going to reject me because he says there, he's going to reject me. He says there that I need to tithe no matter what. Hey, I'm going to be real with you. I've seen people go without food and tithe. I've seen people go broke by tithing. I've seen all that sort of stuff. And in my mind, in my thoughts, there's something not quite right. Can I say that? So here was I believe. I believe that God is a God of generosity. And I believe that if we are bound to the 10%, whatever you want, 5% or you want to go 20%, and if that's your law, then you're going to be bound by that. And being bound by that don't help us. It restricts us. And we're not meant to be restricted by anything because we're part of the body and Jesus is the head. You know, and if Bethany was my arm and I restrict my arm all the time, Bethany then there is no freedom in that. And we're meant to feel free. So I believe in the generosity of giving. I believe in the generosity of being overboard with that. And the Bible says this, in the book of Luke, it says, Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down. Shaken together, running over. For the measure you will give, it will be measured back onto you. That means that's the, 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 the fruitfulness of giving. The generosity of giving. God speaks to me and say, give, give somebody whatever, you know, 40% or 10%, then I should be able to feel free to do that. If God tells me to give to something to the homeless charity, for example, I should feel free to do that. Whatever God tells me to do and to give, I should feel free to do that. If God says to me to, uh, uh, I mean, our Janet is not here today, and I know that she does that, very, very well. The gift of hospitality. Cook for, I mean, she can cook for 12 people. It's unreal. You know, um, and that's the gift of somebody, the gift of hospitality. That counts. A gift of generosity to give out. So here's the issue, guys. The issue is not really about our giving. The issue is about a generous heart. That's what it is. That's the issue. 
So if we're born again and if we've been filled by the Holy Spirit, we ought to be a generous giver. And that whether be material, whether that be whether we're giving clothes, whether we're giving money, well, it doesn't matter what we're giving, of ourselves, of our time to one another, all of that counts. It's about the generosity of our heart to give. If somebody did not give into my life, I would not be here. I will not be able to stand here and preach to you. I will not be able to hear to be here and serve this church. When I think about my friend Lindsay Mann and what he gave, he gave more than money. He gave me his time. He gave me his knowledge. He gave me his understanding. At the age of 18, he put 3,000 pounds in my account. I was like, oh, never seen so much money in my life. Generosity. And yet, he only knew me for one year. Only a generous person will do that. Are you generous? Are you generous with your time? Are you generous with your money? Are you generous with your hands? In other words, your skills. What are you doing to be generous to somebody? Because everybody here can give of something. Everybody here has something. Everybody here has something to give. And it is about being generous. In the last 20 odd years, I've, I've traveled and, um, and I've traveled with people giving to me and I've never asked for a penny. I'll tell you a story. I was um, at a friend in London and he said to me um, to, um, to do a job for him. And he was just replacing a pendant, a pendant light. I mean, if I really, really have to charge and really, really have to be mean, I'll probably charge, I mean, Pushing it, I probably charge 150 pounds, and that would just sound so expensive just to replace a pendant. I, I, I won't do that, but if I thought, you know, I'm going to push this to the maximum. And being a friend, I just thought, you know what, I feel really bad. You know, I just can hang out with him, I can go out to lunch, and I can do that, and we can catch up. It's another minister, and you can catch up. So I won't do that, you know. I'll just replace pendant for free. You know, a pendant costs about £1.50 at Screwfix. So it would have been really harsh if I charged 150 right? <laughs> so um, a pendant was broken. I got there, I replaced the pendant, and uh, 
and we went out for lunch, caught up with some ministry and some chat, and it was a great day. Um, but that day I didn't work, and, and I'm thinking, and every time I don't work, I kind of think, well, Lord, I haven't worked today. I, thought, yeah, I hope you're keeping tabs. <laughs> That's all I do, you know. I say, Lord, I hope you're keeping tabs because I haven't worked today because uh, my bills are still coming, you know, just in case you haven't noticed. So, um, so we had a good day. We had a good day and had lunch. And, uh, and I'm, I, I dropped him off and I said, look, you know, it was a good time catching up. And I was like, I was thinking ahead. I was thinking about, you know, praise the Lord, I've got work tomorrow. You know, and this is just a, a casual Day. And he handed me an envelope. He said, uh, I, want to, I want to bless you with something. And, uh, and he said, but I don't want you to open it until you get home. I, I hate when people say that. I want to open it right now. <laughs> and down the years, maybe you haven't done that, but I've, I've, I've traveled as a minister, itinerant minister. I've, when I was at Bible college, that's what we did. And we lived on the offering of, of churches. We did that. We did that for about, you know, almost three years. We, we just trusted God. And, um, you know, so I, I, I know of my times opening envelopes in cubicles, opening envelopes in toilets, opening envelopes on the train, you know. So I was edging to open that envelope. And I just, you know, so anyway, I... I, I um, restricted myself and got home and opened the envelope and it had 850 pounds in it. Enough money to go to Mauritius and come back and pay for the taxi that will get me there and the fuel and something to eat at the airport. Now that's one story and I can keep on telling you um, over and over and over again. And the point being is that uh, the Lord is your source and you've got to come to that understanding, particularly in this time where the economic crisis is hitting. Some of us are self-employed here and some of us have to depend on, on uh, there's one thing being self-employed and then there's one thing about people paying you. You have that as well, that's another level. So we have to trust God to be self-employed and then we have to trust God that people will pay us <laughs> once the job is done. But God is your source. God is your source. Maybe you have projects this year. Maybe you have things on your mind that you want to do this year. But seek a heart of generosity because God wants us to be a blessing. Be a blessing with your time. Be a blessing with your money. As far as the church is concerned, there are some things that we need the money and the finance to do it. But let's not, let me be honest. The trustees will probably won't like this, but this is a, <laughs> you know, let, 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 me, let me be honest. You know, if any, nobody gives in the life of the church, the, ch the church still will carry on because God is a source. So 
the church, God, do not need our finance. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning and and, and how I'm pitching this. You know, God doesn't need it and the church don't need it, but we have the opportunity to be a blessing. We have an opportunity to be generous. We have an opportunity to give into the church. We have an opportunity to be a blessing to others. And I've done it many years. Have you, uh, do you know the joy of banging on the door and pushing an envelope for the door? Do you know that joy? I'm telling you, that's unbelievable joy. When you know someone has been blessed with an envelope for the door and they don't know who it is. It's, it is. Right, here's a top tip. Finding 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And if you don't remember anything, I want you to remember this, because this is key. Number one, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves somebody who gives cheerfully. Don't give reluctantly. Give cheerfully. You want to be a blessing to somebody? Be a blessing cheerfully. You want to invite someone to dinner and pay for their dinner, do it cheerfully. Don't do anything that you feel reluctant because it's just basically a waste of time. Decide in your heart this year, 2024. I learned this from Lindsay uh, when when we were traveling. That um, to always pray an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. And it is fun. We've a conference once and, uh, and a group of people were sitting at the table. So we went to the the, uh, cashier and say, uh, can we pay for that table over there, but don't tell them? You know, and we paid for the table. And they, to this day, they don't know. It's just fun doing things like that. But each one must give as he has decided in his heart. God puts something on your heart. That's how it works. Put something on your heart. Put something that he wants you to do. Whether that be money, that be food, that be, be a blessing, even to do with prayer, praying for someone or support someone. God put that on your heart and say, be a blessing to that person. And it says here, not reluctantly, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And as you continue to bless one another and how the body needs to work and function with each other, I encourage you to pray that prayer because there's an enormous blessing that comes and joy that comes and a freedom that comes to be able to be a blessing to someone. And that is more than money. That's more than finance. Be a blessing to somebody. 
What's um, down the years? It's been, and I'm going to finish on that. You know, down the years, it's been quite sad because um, we, I believe, we have missed the essence, um, and we felt that for whatever reason, the church needed to be self-sustained. And a lot of things needed to happen and take place. So the pressure that is for people to give. Um, the pressure comes from the front, you know, about people to pressurize into giving. And we don't want to do that. And we will never do that. Because God says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's God that builds his church. It's God that's the source of his church and the God that provides for his church. And he will do that time and time again. And the problem is when we step out of faith and use that principle as well in your own finances, in your own giving, not only just finances, but in any way of life. When you remove the element of faith in the pressure comes i want you to remember this when you take away the element of faith you're saying to god i can do this i can provide for myself i can sort this out i can build this i can i am way better than providing but no we need god as our source we need to rely on him we need to have the faith to believe in him that he is the provider he's our provider so this morning it's not about just finance but it is a an attitude of giving in terms of how can i give as a believer how can i be a blessing as a believer how can i be blessing in this body of christ tony mentioned about the man getting together. It's a blessing to turn up. It's a blessing to be an encouragement when you turn up. It's an encouragement to him. When he's organizing something, we turn up. That's an encouragement. It is an encouragement when we do something on a Sunday, people come. It's an encouragement. All those other things that is how you give. We give of our time. We give of our commitment. We give of our money. We give of, we give of so many different ways because we are part of this body called the church. And when we come together, something happens. So I want to pray that God gives us another level of generosity. Your neighbors need it. Your friends at work need it. Your colleagues need it. And hear this, the strangers on the road need it. We need to become a church that is of generosity, that is generous. And I'm not only talking about finances. Let's stand together.
Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you we are in a relationship with you. You are our Father. You and the cattle and the hill. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if anybody here has heard anything of the past or even present that's remotely has brought any level seed of embarrassment or condemnation, I break that in the name of Jesus. I pray this morning you give us a heart of generosity. And if we have it already, give us another level of generosity. Let us be a blessing to one another, be a blessing to the community, be a blessing to the church, be a blessing at large. And if everybody, part of the body, is a blessing and brings something, how wonderful that will be and that will live. I thank you for the giftings already in the church that are here, the abilities, the things that, that you have given and put in our hands, the skills set, Lord God. Everybody is equipped in this place. But help us to exercise our generosity. 